Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second Pearson podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Walker. Before we get started, we would like to take this moment to acknowledge that Pearson College UWC sits on the traditional, unceded territory of the Chianu First Nation. Following our video chat with Dr. Spencer Fowler on his new role, we're delighted to bring you a second part to get to know where he came from and how he ended up here in Victoria to become Deputy Head and Vice President for Education and Learning at Pearson. His resume is extensive with stints in the Ontario Hockey League, one of the top leagues in Canada. He was also a firefighter, and he's led schools around the globe. He takes the puck, he slams, he shoots, he scores! Dr. Fowler, welcome back. Thank you for having me. We heard about your career in education and your vision for Pearson during an earlier video interview, but what many of us don't know is that you were a standout hockey player who played for several teams around the world. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, prior to getting into education, yeah, my first job, my first passion, I had a career in ice hockey, which was amazing because it allowed me to leave home quite young and play at a very high level, and I was fortunate that I was drafted and played in the OHL and played with different teams, drafted and played with the St. Mike's Majors, traded back to my hometown, Kingston Frontenac. So that was, that was amazing to be in my hometown and, and uh, to really feel the love and support from those in my community. And then I got traded to the Mississauga Ice Dogs, and then I became sort of a villain, you know, with them <laughs> when I would return and play in Kingston, which was also a lot of fun. And then from there, I um, went to Europe, you know, gave that a go. Uh, from Europe, I ended up in uh, Bozeman, Montana, from so Europe to Montana, and then to Quinnell, BC, was really where um, things kind of came to a head, and I decided that you know what, I'm going to pursue something else. And education was what I wanted to do, and I, it, I went back home and I got in the fire department, and then was was figuring out how do I navigate this? How do I get into that world of education that I really always wanted to, and uh, just didn't have the opportunity at that point. And how did you adjust? Because many players that see their hockey career can uh, come to an end. You know, they become a coach, a trainer, they even own a team. So how did you adjust? It took some time to adjust because everything was gearing towards being a hockey player and being a professional hockey player. So it wasn't just an adjustment for me, but it was an adjustment for family and friends and expectations. And so I really had to, you know think deeply about the kind of life and future I wanted and more importantly the kind of impact that I was going to have on other people's lives and the world and so again soul searching uh, it was a really humbling experience you know so hockey's done you're you're you know you're signing autographs one day and the next day you're you're forgotten and uh, I wanted a change I wanted to do something that was completely different than ice hockey. I wanted to immerse myself in a world and a culture that was that was different than that. And, and yeah, like I said, education for me felt like it would be a, a space, a career and a life that would just be much, would be fulfilling in a very different way. And you mentioned you were also a firefighter. Tell us about that. It's interesting because when my hockey career was wrapping up, there were different firefighter um there were different firefighter halls and or cities that I know were looking for firefighters, paramedics and police. And so I was having conversation with conversations with different people from those different areas of so police and fire and, and paramedics. And there's a lot of very good fire halls with really strong hockey teams and police departments with a lot of ex-hockey players. And so I think that there is 
a culture. I think that there is a lot of people that go into that world, into those professions when their hockey career is done. And I did. I did in Kingston, where of which I grew up, so my hometown, and that was great. But it, I knew that that wasn't going to be it. I knew that that wasn't going to be the, the end destination. And shortly after I, I started working in the fire department at Kingston, I also then was admitted to Queen's and started my undergraduate degree in film studies prior to my education degree. So it, it really worked out. I mean, it, it allowed me to go back home, sort of get grounded and reconnect with people that I hadn't seen for a long time because I moved out, you know, quite young. And then really having a, a different understanding and appreciation for the city, being able to remain being, you know, um, sporty and athletic, but then pursuing then my education career, which is then now taking me around the world. Were there any lessons from your firefighting and hockey careers that are serving you well in your global education career? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, especially being um, a senior leader in a school, it's how can I protect the people on my team? And essentially, essentially, this school is a hockey team or it's like your fire department, and the crew you're working with. It's there's this bond and commitment to one another where you're going to be supporting and backing each other up. And figuring things out when maybe there's a misunderstanding, because it's so crucial in those worlds that you know that someone's fully and completely going to be supporting you and having your back on the ice or during a fire call. And for me, it's also, again, it's, it's, it's coming from teams and families. It's, so it's very humble. It's very close, very close-knit. There aren't these you know, big, strong personalities in the sense that someone's being alienated or better than the rest. And, and I've tried to you know, being inspired from my hockey career and firefighting career, how could I be a different leader than most people? How could I be a different educator, an educator and leader and teammate to then have a community that's one, safe and loving, but also that's really exciting and really trying to push the boundaries of teaching and learning. As a hockey player, you mentioned you skated in North America and Europe, but in education, you served in countries around the world from South America to East Asia. What was it that inspired you to join Pearson? There were definitely periods of time and pockets of time when the thought or the idea of moving back home just didn't seem realistic. And I was really in love with this nomadic journey of connecting to people around the world. And one of the beauties about Canada is you have people here coming from everywhere. But I wanted to see those places of which they're coming from and, the, and immerse myself in the culture and the language and the traditions and to see it on the ground and to make those connections and it's been an amazing journey, an amazing run. And I mentioned before, uh, when I was having a conversation with Brian, just about my own kids, my own kids all being born in a different country. And I really feel like a global citizen. So for me, it's more about the story of the school and the community that I would be a part of. And it was special. I mean, Pearson stood out and Pearson is a place and a story of education that I've always been interested in. And when I learned that there was this opportunity, I was more than willing to go from a CEO and superintendent position to be a part of this school and to, to jump in wherever there was a fit and need if I could then bring the skills and the muscle memory to add something really valuable and unique to then move it in the direction they were wanting to go. And it's really been poetic in the sense that for my own kids, who've grown up overseas to then have this opportunity to be in Canada, to connect to those Canadian roots of which I have that they didn't really have, you know, other than Canadian, my stories of growing up and, and connecting to family, but not feeling Canadian themselves. 
And so giving them that opportunity, giving us this opportunity, one, to connect to, I think, one of the greatest schools in the world and one of the most incredible places in the world. And then for them and for us to, again, to connect to the soil and to its people and to then help with what we've learned internationally within education. How can we shake things up here to then be even more uh provocative and even more inspirational and even achieve outcomes that perhaps the college never even thought possible as well. So to, so to incubate that, to accelerate that. And I also feel proud that, okay, I've full circle like the alchemist, I've come back home and now it's my opportunity to, to take what I've learned overseas, where we found success, and then to plant those seeds here and to then realize that outcome here for then not only the students that are from Canada, but the students that are here coming from around the world. We have over 95 different nationalities represented. So it is a very international context, but I'm proud that I've, now I'm coming home with so many tools and resources and so much inspiration and a network that I feel like we can be so successful here. And I'm really excited to see what we're able to then cultivate. Absolutely. How are you and your family adjusting to your new home? It's so different than than life abroad, you know, and most recently seven years in Beijing, which again were incredible years. I think, you know, in the end, ultimately we were getting too comfortable. So to move outside of our comfort zone zone, and to, to come here and to a place I've never lived before, it's an adventure. I mean, we're settling in, but it's different. I mean, we're living on the campus with these wonderful people. We're in this rural area, we're next to the ocean. It's just, you know, it takes some time to get used to. It's not like the, the overstimuli of, of Beijing, you know, but again, it's the experience so far has really been incredible and we're just sort of taking each day with stride and, and really just taking it in with appreciation. Just before we wrap things up, and this is a question that might be of interest to both adult and younger listeners, what's your advice to any athlete or anyone really who is facing career choices that might take them in an entirely different direction? I would say, you know, being open-minded. I think that it's important that not only are we working on our athletic craft and ability and we're training for that, but also finding passions that can connect from that to other areas, fields, and expertise. So I feel like with in the world now, we have to be multifaceted. You know, if I look at my own passions, if I look at education, I mean, education connects to everything. So be a person that's training and, and you're striving for your dreams and you're working towards those dreams, but then also things can change and careers can change whether whether it was your intention or not. And we just need to be more agile. And so the more the more education we have and training we have and confidence we have, then we'll be able to pivot more easily. You know, and I've been able to pivot from school to school, from position to position, country to country. And I think that that's, that's important, you know, and I think a lot of athletes are able to do that. They're switching positions depending on their team and their sport um, from team to team, whether they're going from like a, you know, junior A to major junior A to professional. So they're constantly... They have that work ethic. I think athletes have this grit and this ability to push harder than most people, that they keep going when they're tired, that they keep going when they're hurt. So I think athletes are just really well positioned to adapt. And I would just encourage people, again, to be open-minded because sometimes things will change whether you intended for them to or not, to be open-minded and excited about the unknown. And I think that a lot of people are afraid 
and worry that if if things stray from that plan or that path. I mean, I even have friends and family that never really understood why did I go overseas? And they questioned, you know, that path and that journey because they're really comfortable with what they know. And so for me, I would say that, again, being open-minded, leaning into life, leaning in with your heart, and really being creative and exploring things. Because you never know what you might find. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't realize I had a talent for this or an interest in this. And these interests can become a career. And then there's so many different branches within careers. So I would say, again, try to find life with fulfillment. Try to find things that you love to do that you could just spend all your time doing and see where that goes, see where that takes you. I love it. We'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. If you would like to learn more about what we do at Pearson, visit our website at www.pearsoncollege.ca. You can also subscribe to Pearson E! News and keep an eye on our social media pages for the latest updates.